This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm not in this to be mediocre, said Steve Cohen. After buying the New York Mets, that's not my thing. I don't suffer people who are mediocre. Well, thank goodness his ballplayers have jumped on that bungee cord and started to rise from mediocrity. At 56 and 55 the other day, they were really close. But on a sweltering afternoon at City Field on Thursday, the Mets beat the Nationals twice for the year. They've swept three, split nine, and have yet to lose a double dip. Four to one and five to four. The nightcap was a doozy. And we'll get down to it now. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning. Oh, yeah. Mets in the morning. Gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing. Now, here's Josh Lewin, a scoodly down. Be good. Josh Lewin with you. Lots to get to on the Friday podcast. And a hot tip, this is usually the day of the week. That packs the most info into our 20 or so minutes together. We recap what happened, we preview what's next, which, by the way, is the Daniel and the Lion's Den portion of the schedule. Daniel with a pork chop tied around his neck. 13 straight against the top two teams in the league. We will get to that. We'll go through the games just played. We'll play some highlights and sound bites, but first things first, the podcast guy must admit to a colossal mistake from yesterday. Not a Mets piece of misinformation, mind you, a pop culture piece of misinformation. I really thought if I ever screwed something up on here, it would be like Bruce Beauclair hit close to 500 off the bench in 1977, and you guys would be like, hey, idiot, Beauclair did that in 1976, you moron. No, instead, what I screwed up was, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. No, as God is my witness, I thought the voice on the Arby's commercials is James Earl Jones. And thanks to approximately 12,000 of you on social media, I now know it's Ving Rhames, who you got to admit sounds precisely 100% just like James Earl Jones when he talks about the Euros and the roast beef and whatnot. Big time mea culpa. I do admire Ving Rhames. I will never again make that mistake. Virtual beef and cheddars and curly fries to all of you who called me out. All right, onward. The Mets would begin Thursday 57 and 55 for the year. 4,531 and 4,987 all time. It's a cool 456 games under 500. Are we going to celebrate their 5,000th loss, by the way? We're 13 away. Probably probably not. Uh, let us begin with a couple personnel updates. Francisco Lindor is taking BP, and we say hurry back, number 12, because right now the Mets shortstop situation is Jersey Shore level unstable. Javier Baez fighting tightness in that hip that's found its way up to his lower back. Giorme's got a strained hamstring, Peraza the fractured finger. VR is capable, of course, but for a team fighting to stay in the NL East race, uh, we need to see a little more Baez out there. And the rest of the depth chart is 
scary. Jeff McNeil would be the next man up if they need another one. Brandon Drury has 57 career innings at that position. He could land a, lend a hand. Ten pinch hits for Drury already. The last met with at least ten hits as a pinch hitter in a single season. Alejandro Deaza in 2016. Did you know that Brandon Drury leads the team in OPS? How much money could you have won betting on that back in spring training? And a new Met pretty soon could be Josh Reddick, veteran of 13 seasons with the Red Sox, the A's, the Dodgers, the Astros, most recently a Diamondback. Career 262 hitter, close to 150 home runs. Lefty swinging outfielder, won a World Series with the trash can bangers in 17. Most recently hit 258 for the Diamondbacks this year. They released him to give their kids a chance to play. He goes to Syracuse, joins an outfield that includes the veteran at Mason Williams and the prospect Khalil Lee. A new Met as of Thursday, Trevor Williams, the pitcher who came to the Mets alongside Baez. And from what's been rumored, the Mets may have had a choice between Trevor Williams and Zach Davies in that deal with the Cubs. They chose Williams in large part because he had an accessible minor league option, which the team immediately used to get him down to Syracuse. By the way, Davies just got destroyed by the White Sox last time out. So anyway, with a hole in their rotation, the Mets bringing up Williams to start game two of the Thursday doubleheader. And with that out of the way, it is time to make the donuts. Game one, it's the Brandon Nimmo Show. Yay! Oh my God. Is Lewin really going to sing along to the Muppet Show? Yeah. This guy is from Wyoming. This guy points to the sky. This guy is Brandon Nimmo, and he had four RBI. Boom, boom, boom. I'm, I'm sorry. But yes, a tremendous game for the smiling center fielder who has put up some impressive stats when healthy this year. Brandon Nimmo owns a 517 OBP when he leads off an inning this year. It's best in the majors. Brian Reynolds is second with a 460 slacker. Overall, OPS for Nemo is 821. That's the same as Pete Alonzo's. Not bad when your leadoff man in 54 games has 16 extra base hits. 419 OBP would be second in the majors if he qualified just behind Juan Soto. So Nemo didn't lead off the game with a home run, but he certainly led off the scoring. With two on in the bottom of the second, this is what he did. They are ready to go from second. The payoff pitch. Swinging a drive in the air to deep right. Soto going back, way back. It might go. It's gone. A home run. Brandon Nimmo, a three-run homer into the Honda Clubhouse in right field. So for Nimmo, his third home run of the year. And the Mets have jumped to a three to nothing in second inning lead. That wasn't Wayne Randazzo. That guy was Howie Rose. All right. Howie with the call on WCBS. Big hit for Nimmo off a lefty, Sean Nolan. And Nimmo's been hitting lefties all year. 19 for 52, 365 lefty versus lefty batting average. That is a new club in Brandon's bag. One of the men on base for that three-run homer was Marcus Stroman, who had bunted his way on, booking it down the line like he was chasing a bank robber on a very hot afternoon. The other man on base for Nimmo was Jonathan Villar, who wrangled a single after a nine-pitch at-bat. Nimmo went out another RBI and a single three innings later. That gave the Mets, as a team, 25 hits in their last 14 innings at that point. Same team that had two hits and nine innings back in Philly against Zach Wheeler. Both of those were by Brandon Nimmo. So, 4 nothing Nimmo into the sixth. Seven-inning games, remember, in doubleheaders these days. Marcus Stroman, another stellar performance. Something about this City Field mound agrees with Mets pitching. 2.980 RA at home, 4.4 on the road. 
Strowman hit a speed bump in the sixth. He allowed a run. Aaron Loop came on, and the pounder of the postgame, Bush Light, got into a little jam. Bases loaded, one out. Loop calmly got the reasonably dangerous Josh Bell to bang into a double play. Don't believe me? One-two pitch. Swinging a ground ball up the middle. McNeil's got it. Flips to VR for one. Over to first. High throw. Alonso tags Bell. It's a double play. Thank you, Wayne Randazzo. And Aaron Loop now a 0.34 ERA in his last 29 appearances. Overall, 1.19. Second best in the majors among lefty relievers. Opponents are 1 for 20 against his changeup. From there, the Mets parked the car without an issue. Edwin Diaz save number 25. Mets win the opener 4-1. to one. Strowman now 8-11 with that victory. An ERA that doesn't match up to 8-11. It's 2.78. Slider's been great of late. They're going to need Marcus to keep on going the way he's been going. He met the media after the game, not only clutching the wrestling belt awarded to him, he was wearing a turquoise-colored T-shirt that said, Be you. They will adjust. I live in the moment, man. I haven't even looked at tomorrow, to be honest with you, so I, I, I couldn't tell you about the next stretch. Like I said, um, I still stay super present as this is team. We have a lot to accomplish. Right now, we have another game. Um, so we're just focused on each and every day. I don't think we're looking too forward in the future. I think when you do that, I think that's kind of when um, you start to play lackadaisical and things kind of start to go backwards. So I think staying present in the moment is the key to life. Rock on, Marcus Stroman. Great advice for all of us. So with a record of 58-55 and 55 now at this point, just a game out of first. Actually, at that point, a half a game out of first. Game two, seven-inning deal again, and San Diego native Trevor Williams becoming the 18th Mets starting pitcher this year, second most they've ever had to use at any point in franchise history. They used 20 back in 1967. Williams, we mentioned, brought in with Baez a couple weeks ago from the Cubs. First five years of his career with the Pirates, had one really good year, had a the 3.11 ERA in 2018, had 14 wins, was the only pitcher in the majors that year with 10 starts of at least six innings without allowing a run. So he's made a couple starts for Syracuse to tune up, 2.2 ERA down there. And aside from baseball, this guy's a podcaster, bless his heart, co-hosts a pod with former teammate Stephen Brault. He's a co-founder of Project 34. It's a nonprofit that assists with the purchasing of medical equipment. Very cool dude. In his Mets debut, he goes into the fifth, allowing just one run late on a sack fly. Seth Lugo actually gave that up, not him, but it was charged to Williams. The Mets had two runs in by then. The big hit, an RBI double by J.D. Davis. And I know in the pantheon of all-time Mets cleanup hitters, this is not Mike Piazza, not Daryl Strawberry, but he's also not Eric Campbell. Somewhere in between those two cleanup hitting extremes is J.D. Davis, a former Cal State Fullerton Titan. He was there just after Justin Turner at Cal State Fullerton. We'll talk about J.T. in just a bit. Game two would be put away, you thought, by the unsung hero of the Mets this season, Jonathan VR, originally brought in as just kind of a placeholder, the Weather Channel's incidental random music while they show you tomorrow's forecast. Instead, he got his third hit of the game, his fourth of the day, and we thought this would put this thing away. 0-2 on VR. Pitch. That's lined in the air toward deep center. Robles back still going. He's at the warning track looking up, and that ball is gone. It's a home run. Jonathan VR, it's a two-run homer just over the 408 side in straightaway center field. I love that he hit it off Tanner Rainey 
Because that's exactly the word to describe the entire series. Rainy. 13 homers for VR. Wow. So in the top of the seventh, with rain on its way yet again, the second Mets Trevor of the afternoon, Trevor May, being asked to close it out. It was not smooth. He threw 28 pitches, got one out. Jerez Familia on with the bases juiced. He got a man out as well, but then a wild pitch to score a run. It's 4-2. to two. A ground ball that somehow gets through Jeff McNeil and in a right field, scoring two more to tie the game. It looked like McNeil escorted the ball into the outfield. You've got to keep that ball in front of you there. Instead, he took a really bad angle, just kind of waved it onto the grass. And another wild pitch followed, so... An obvious intentional walk to Juan Soto. Gets to the veteran Ryan Zimmerman, who had just become the all-time games played leader for this franchise now, back to their days in Montreal. One for nine lifetime against Familia. Familia strikes him out. We've got a bottom of the seventh after all, tied at four. Kyle Finnegan pitching. Ten straight outings without allowing a run. That would change. We told you rain was on the way. It was a rain-making fly ball from Pete Alonso. They got the Mets their sweep. Here's the 2-0 pitch. Swing at a high fly ball to left field. It's deep. Stevenson back at the track. At the wall. He jumps. And it's gone for a home run. Put it in the books. Pete Alonso goes deep. He tucks it just over the 358 mark into the Eminem sweet seats. A game-winning home run for Pete Alonso. And the Mets pour out of the dugout and pour all kinds of beverages over Alonzo as he crosses home plate. The Mets 5, the Nationals 4, on a game-winning home run from Pete Alonzo, his 25th home run of the year. They have ripped the shirt off of his back, and the Mets escape with a doubleheader sweep and a sweep of the three-game series. Ninth walk-off win of the year, first on a homer, though. And hey, he told you to stay positive. He told you to smile. From 0 for 21 on the road trip to that, a parabola of a home run that got the Mets their sweep. And after the game, the polar bear spoke about staying positive and it paying off. Yeah, and um, I, I mean, for me, it's it's I, I just want to be able to to lock in on my plan um, every single day. And I know that all of us work so well together, um, even though that uh, when we went through a, a, an extremely rough patch. Uh, we were on, we were doing the right things. We we're working really well together. Uh, the formula is there, but sometimes you, I know it's a really tired and exhausting phrase, but trust the process. I, and I know trust the process can, can seem kind of monotonous, but it is a, it is such a cliche, uh, cliche answer. But, um, the, the fact that we're able to, to win as a team and, and do it consistently, um, and, and lose as a team as well and, and play good, consistent baseball. I mean, all of us, we prepare so well um, and, and we execute. Sometimes, uh, sometimes the opposing team um, executes and has a positive result, and sometimes we do, and that's, that's the game of baseball. But I think over the course of 162 games, I mean, this, this team is, is built to last. And I, I, I feel that, and I know I'm not the only guy that feels that, and to me, I mean, honestly, like I, I feel kind of bad saying I feel that because I know that I know we're built to last, and I know that uh, we have incredible potential. And I think that um, I think yeah, this this series was a huge statement, but I think that we we have exactly what it takes, and um, and the sky's always been the limit for us. And I think that if we continue to play good baseball, focus on our day to day. Keep preparing, keep executing, keep sticking together. I mean, it's it's 
things, the results will be there in the long term. And I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. And, uh, Mets fans, I mean, you, you guys can know that too. Don't just, don't just believe it. Know it. Pete Alonzo with his second career walk-off homer, as many as Tim Harkness and Marvelous Marv Thornberry for the Mets. And he did it on Marvel Comics' Pete Alonzo Superhero Day. Seriously. Mets get it done, winning 4-1 and 5-4. They are 47-10 when they score four or more this year. They pick up half a game on Philly because the Phillies beat the Dodgers. The race is officially back on as the Mets now face this challenge of biblical proportions. Their strength of schedule, SOS, is about to need an SOS as it's all Dodgers and Giants for two straight weeks. Let's talk for a few minutes about those Angelinos. The Mets haven't played the Dodgers since 2019. They lost five of seven then. Mets haven't won a season series from LA since 2015 when they also won that scintillating postseason series. And that NLDS... Since then, the Mets are 11-20 and 20 against L.A. That includes 1-10, their last 11 here in Queens. Let's get through there. Two B's and two T's. You got your Bellinger and Betts. You got your Turner and Turner. Betts is broken. He's out with a bad hip. They are basically a 500 team without Mookie Betts, 700 winning percentage with him. And the Mets are very fortunate to get that first version coming up this weekend. Although, no chance now for a meeting of the Mookies between Betts and Wilson. The other B is for Bellinger, who's apparently back. Four home runs in his last four games, including two in one night on Wednesday. He couldn't have been much worse this year until this past week. 328 slugging percentage would have been the third worst in baseball if he qualified. Only three extra base hits to the left of second base all year. That's not him. Of course, he's been hurt a lot of the year. Two for 40 against the Giants. That's like when Andrew Jones went 0 for 33 against the Phillies in 1998. As for the two Turners, Justin's got a groin issue. He may or may not play this weekend. And you know the Justin Turner story. As a Met, OPS of a 686. As a Dodger, 886. In four years as a Met, most homers he ever hit in a season was four. With the Dodgers, he's had a pair of 27s and a 21. He has absolutely paid off since they brought him in. Trey Turner, you know him from his D.C. days, Andrew Friedman had said after the Mookie Betts trade he would never make a better or more important trade in his career. That might not be right because the Scherzer-Turner blockbuster might prove to be even better. This is a guy that outslugged Fernando Tatis Jr. last year. He's got the most stolen bases in the majors since 2017. Pitching-wise, we're going to see Julio Urias, Walker Bueller, and then it gets hard. Urias and Bueller are a combined 25-5 and with an ERA of 2.6, but then it's Max Scherzer who also has an ERA of 2.6 for the two different teams this year. Dave Roberts started Scherzer in the All-Star game two weeks before he knew he'd be starting him every fifth day. Twitter had him in a Padres uniform for about five hours instead of L.A., that crazy trade deadline day. Scherzer joked he was covered either way. He's got the one brown eye for the Padres, one blue eye for the Dodgers. And did you know the Scherzer family dogs also have one brown eye and one blue eye? How do you not love that? His ERA is lower this year than the year he won the World Series ring for the Nationals two years back. And, of course, against the Mets, he threw a no-hitter right at the end of 2015, struck out 17 in that one. At one point in his career, had a run of seven straight years where he finished at least top five in Cy Young voting, won it outright three times. So that's the challenge coming up. Of course, the Dodgers won it all last year for the first time since 88 when they had that very interesting NLCS against the Mets. 
And in the wake of the World Series last year, Andrew Friedman said he was surprised to find that his reaction was 99% relief, only 1% joy, which I think reflected both the challenges of playing that pandemic season and the pressure that weighed on the Dodgers during a 32-year drought in between World Series titles. Eight straight NL West titles into this year, but, you know, the reason they're still hanging around right now it's depth. You always go back to depth, especially pitching depth. I remember the 2003 Sports Illustrated cover was Yankees, not Mets. But after the Yankees signed Jose Contreras, George Steinbrenner posed for the SI cover with Clemens, Pettit, Weaver, Mussina, and Contreras. David Wells opted out of the picture. The headline was, you can't have too much pitching. And Absolutely, here we are again. So, big hurdle to clear with those three starters. The Mets will counter with a Ty Lore and a Ty Juan and a Carlos. Got McGill, Walker, and Carrasco with game times of 7-10 all the way, including Sunday, remember, thanks to ESPN. The Pete Alonso bobblehead tonight. Gotta tell you, it's only the first 25,000 fans, and a huge crowd is expected. So, here's the deal. Long Island Railroad... Great idea. Subway, great idea. Not everyone's going to get there early enough. Make sure that you do. Gates open two hours before first pitch. So the Mets, heading into this very challenging piece of scheduling, at least they go in there with some positive momentum. The walk-off winner from Pete Alonzo. Thanks to Pete for that. Thanks to you for hanging through this whole podcast. Your reward, you get to hear me introduce the Mets in the Morning House Band. On keyboards... It's Marlon Bird slapping the bass. It's Zach Lutz. The horn section, Pedro Feliciano. And on drums, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Dendecker. This is Josh Lewin. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. We'll hit you up again Monday morning, tell you how the guys did against those L.A. Dodgers. Take care.